boy, it's it's interesting. You'd be surprised. I think what what's amazing about the pro athlete is they're great compensators. You'd be shocked. Like you know, the FMS functional movement screening. Um, all the athletes and all the teams go through them. I know certainly with the Jets, they put all the athletes through. And as we know, if you're below 14 in number, it indicates a you know a good possibility you're, you could suffer an injury. And a lot of guys are not as good as you'd think. And and even like when you know you got these big muscular guys, and sometimes they're they're you know t- testing their manual muscle strength, their hip flexor, or their psoas might be really weak, or or even their shoulder, you know, different a different muscle. And you're like, how the heck is this guy performing? And I think they're just fantastic compensators, you know. And listen, you know, they're human beings too. Some guys are into their health and into working out, into their nutrition, and other guys aren't. Hey, this is Dr. Jason Levy, certified chiropractic sports physician and team chiropractor for the New York Jets, New York Red Bulls, and New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to Heads and Tails Podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, 4-3 Performance Lab, which has locations in Boone and Wyckoff, New Jersey. Uh, 4-3 offers handcrafted, tailor-made rehabilitation, nutrition, and training for athletes. And I've been around the physical therapy and sports performance world since 2007, and it's safe to say that not all PT practices are created equal. Uh, just as an example, after my knee surgery a few years ago, I developed debilitating kneecap pain, which was completely different from the pain that was addressed in the surgery, which was super annoying. I was eventually prescribed painkillers and anti-inflammatories and still found no relief. I was then basically told that I was screwed, uh, but based on a referral from my high school teammate and NFL fullback, Mike Burton, I began working with Dr. Daniel Clark, and I immediately started uh, to see results, uh, even after just the first treatment session. And I've been working with her and the rest of the team at 4-3 ever since. In my mind, 4-3 is the gold standard for sports rehabilitation and performance. Unlike the PT mills out there, you can expect one-on-one time with your physical therapist and also expert guidance from their technicians. Another thing I love about 4-3 is that they're always ahead of the curve on the latest evidence-based treatment and performance techniques. Some of these include blood flow restriction, which was an absolute game changer in my recovery from knee surgery, heat acclimatization chamber uh, for athletes training in triathlons or marathons in warmer climates, uh, muscle oxygen sensors, VO2 max testing, uh, resting metabolic rate testing, customized nutrition plans, a cycling studio where you can measure your FTP and watch Netflix while you're you know, getting your winter workouts in on those Wahoo smart bike trainers. And um, I reaped the benefits of, of that this past winter. Uh, and they also have Titleist TPI experts uh, to help you on the golf course and, and, and so much more. So uh, whenever my family or my friends ask me where to go for PT, without hesitation, I send them over to 4-3. Because uh, pain is not something to, to ignore. And if you live in northern New Jersey like I do, uh, don't wait until it's too late. Listen to your body and book an appointment at, at team43.com. That's team4 is in F-O-U-R, uh, the number 3.com. Uh, and if you're not in the area, be sure to follow them at team43 on Instagram. Uh, they're always posting great content to keep you healthy. 
And welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. Today I'm excited to have on Dr. Jason Levy, uh, who is a certified chiropractic sports physician. He is the team chiropractor for the New York Jets, the New York Red Bulls, and the New Jersey Devils. And he is also the director of Advanced Performance and Rehab Center in Short Hills and Morristown. And Dr. Levy and I go go back uh, a few years now, and um, it's always fun to have like my friends on the podcast and guys who I'm you know super comfortable with, and I have a great admiration for. And I always tell everyone that. Dr. Levy is like the kind of person like you see him and your day immediately gets better. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you, you brighten up the room. There's The energy that you bring with yourself is contagious and uh, it's it's just it's, I'm excited to, to finally do this with you. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Kev. It's, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm glad I brightened your day. No, it's true, man. <laughs> I'm not even not blowing smoke at all. Uh, so can you start off by telling us, you know, what inspired you to become a chiropractic sports physician and kind of what that uh, delineation is that with the sports uh, aspect of it? Absolutely. Well, growing up, I was a big athlete, and uh, my main sports were soccer, and uh, then I played uh, lacrosse as well in high school, but grew up playing soccer my whole life. And as a, a young athlete, I, was, I feel like I was mismanaged with some of my injuries, and, you know, kind of later on in life, when I went to uh, college, um, you know, all of a sudden, it was about the middle of my sophomore year, it hit me. I actually thought I was going to be a sports psychologist. In the middle of my sophomore year, I, uh, you know, kind of started thinking about uh, other professions. In fact, I hurt my neck playing uh, uh, preseason lacrosse at uh, University of Delaware. And, you know, that kind of brought me to chiropractic. And my dad had always thought chiropractic or physical therapy would be a good profession. Um, and so the summer after my sophomore year in college, I actually spent time, I actually uh, observed at a Kessler uh, inpatient clinic in West Orange for physical therapy. And I also met with lots of different chiropractors uh, in northern New Jersey. And, you know, uh, I was one of those guys that was always into health. I was always into nutrition. I mean, in college, my care packages were like nutrition bars and vitamins, you know, like, and that's before Whole Foods and Trader Joe's was out there. My parents would have to find like the, the local health food store, you know, and, like, and my room would stink like vitamins and stuff when I opened it up and all that. So that's kind of how I, how I got there. So you were ahead of the game with all that stuff. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, so I ran into you at Whole Foods there you you know, go. the other weekend. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us what, you know, where chiropractors fit into the mix of sports medicine um, providers or, you know, clin clinicians? Sure. So sports chiropractors are different than your average chiropractor. You know, most people think of chiropractor, you go in, snap, crackle, pop, or something like that, and you're, you're in and out within, uh, you know, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Us sports chiropractors, we, we spend a lot of time with our patients. We perform a lot of soft tissue work. In our office, myself and our other doctors perform something called active release techniques, which is a great soft tissue approach to treating and managing soft tissue injuries. Uh, meaning muscles, tendons, ligaments, nerves, things of that nature. We do a lot of uh, instrument-assisted approaches, such as Graston technique, things of that nature. Uh, we work on not only the back and neck. We work on shoulders and knees and Achilles tendons and, you know, and groin strains and hamstring strains and all kinds of different things, um, which you know, is, is definitely different than the average chiropractor. So, uh, you know, and now we're, we definitely have some similarities with physical therapy and athletic training, um, you know, but again, we, we all, you know, certainly with the professional teams, we all have a great synergy working together. 
Okay. And how does, like, can you take us through, like, working with a, a patient of yours or a client of yours who is an athlete and how you would communicate with um, the physical therapist or the orthopedic surgeon or nutrition, athletic training? You know, there's so many hands, you know, that are on this athlete, especially in professional sports like, sure. like you're in. So how do you guys, what are the communication lines like uh, with all of these providers? You know, it's great. To, I mean, the, the, the best thing and what's great with not only the professionals, but in, in my office is that we have really terrific relationships with all the local doctors and physical therapists and trainers at the high schools and nutritionists. And we'll get on the phone uh, if it's, you know, a high school athlete, so let's say, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the athletic trainer. We'll talk to the uh, orthopedic surgeon who may have referred uh, the patient over. We'll talk on the phone and, and you know, spend the time to really Make sure that we're we're all doing the the right thing. We're on the same page for the athlete, and uh, and that happens at the professional level as well. Well, you know, fortunately, we'll with the other doctors and the trainers. You know, we see each other all the time with the team, so we're able to you know uh, talk face to face. But again, for the high school athlete, for the the you know even the younger athlete, we'll we'll certainly make a phone call uh, and you know make sure that the the athlete the the patient's you know interest is is and health is it's first and foremost. Okay, and. Can you kind of elaborate on maybe the overlap of chiropractic and physical therapy? Because a lot of things that you were listing off, like Graston and active release, and I know a lot of physical therapists um, provide the same services. So can you dive a little deeper into that overlap? And then also what differentiates uh, you as a, a chiropractor? Like, is it the approach that you guys take or how you kind of, you know, yeah, it's a great question. And it's funny because sometimes a patient, their phone will ring in the office and they'll say, oh, I have to pick it up. And they'll say, oh, listen, I'm just getting some physical therapy right now. And, uh, you know, whether they're, you know, they think we're, they should know we're chiropractors. But, you know, there there really is in our office, a, a there's a, a strong similarity um, to physical therapy and chiropractic. We also, you know, manipulate uh, the joints of the spine. We mobilize. So there's a big overlap. And listen, a terrific physical therapist, you know, and a terrific sports chiropractor, I think they're very uh, similar in our approach. You know, we're in our office, we're not a post-surgical rehabilitation center. So, you know, if God forbid someone tears or ACL, we're not the place to go rehab it, you know, initially. You know, after they've maybe gone through a, a physical therapy and they've, you know, uh, strengthen the area, um, you know, we'll, they'll come back to us. And sometimes we'll work hand in hand, not initially, but in time, we'll work together with the physical therapist. And sometimes we'll help to be a little liaison to getting them back to, you know, their individual sport uh, after physical therapy sometimes. And why is that? Like, why is that just you as a practice decided not to see post-surgical uh, athletes or patients? Or is that... Um you know, a, a limitation of the chiropractic field. Great. No, you know, we, we could, you know, truly for us at the moment, it's really space, you know, um, where we are, uh, you know, uh, we certainly know how to rehab uh, an athlete. Although I would say that, again, you know, physical therapists do it the best. And for us having the relationships with the physical therapist, it's great to just, you know, it's simple at the moment just to say, hey, you know, go work with, the, you know, these therapists and they're going to do a great job. So, you know, listen, we can't be all things to all people. Um, certainly right now, like I said, due to space, we don't have the capacity to uh, to do that type of work. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy referral and we know they're going to get taken care of, you know, by the physical therapist. Okay. So 
when there's a injury that's non-surgical related, mm-hmm. what's your approach to addressing that specific injury and, and treating that injury? Sure. You know, like all doctors, like all physical therapists, like all athletic trainers, certainly the, the history is, is key in trying to figure out what exactly happened, the mechanism of, of the injury. Um, you know, when you're with a professional team, often you could see the injury occur, but, you know, most of the athletes who come to us who are, you know, whether, you know, in high school or middle school or, or younger, or even an, an adult uh, who's, you know, running outside or in a triathlon, you know, you can't see the injury. And so through the history, you determine, you know, was it a repetitive, uh, you know, overuse injury? Or is it something that happened, you know, from a, a slip and fall or things of that nature? And, you know, from there, that helps kind of direct your, your physical exam and also ultimately your treatment. You know, our, our physical exam is, is uh, you know, is, is complete with range of motion testing, with manual muscle testing, well, palpation, neurological testing, orthopedic testing, whatever's necessary to evaluate and figure out what's going on with the athlete. And, you know, I, based off of my research, I've noticed that it seems like in the chiropractic field, that evaluation process that you're trying to look at the whole body, you know, say my knee hurts, yes, but is there something else that may seem unrelated that's actually causing the pain? Great, great point. You know, um, exactly. There's so many things that could, you know, in the body that can go wrong. And as the old song goes, you know, the leg bones connected to the hip bone. So if you just focus, let's say someone has a, a neck issue or, you know, for, for argument's sake, if you just look at the neck and don't look at everything else that's, that's involved, you could certainly be missing a big part of the problem and, you know, not giving the patient his best resolution as possible. So looking at what we call uh, the kinetic chain, which is how everything is connected, you know, from the foot to the ankle, to the knee, to the hip, and so on, all the way up to the, the head, uh, we, we, we evaluate the whole body, the whole person. You know, we like to take their patient's sh- shoes off and sneakers off and, and start from the ground up. And do you have any, like, crazy stories of, like, you know, someone's ankle hurt them and, like, it was because they pierced their ear when they were, like, seven <laughs> or something? <laughs> You know, that that's a good question. You know, I, I can't, I don't know about the, the maybe a nose piercing. No, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I'm sure I could, I'm sure there are a lot out there, uh, but it's, it's fun, you know, because you're really, you know, you're a kind of a detective of the body and really trying to figure out what has gone on in this person to cause this injury. And, you know, when working with athletes, it's tricky uh, because there's so much that could go on. And many of the athletes that we see are, there's more repetitive stress type injuries and you know whether it's called a you know a a tennis player maybe they come in with a shoulder issue it might be something in their shoulder but it could be something in their yeah their lower leg uh, their hip that's kind of changing the mechanics of let's say their serve or their forehand or backhand so really you know again going through the whole body and trying to identify uh, balances imbalances and strength uh, from right to left from front to back all those type of things is really are really important. Okay, and I know that you work with a lot of professional athletes, and we talked a little bit about the communication lines between the different clinicians that are involved with the team and how a lot of people have hands on them. So I guess my question is, when does the athlete come to you? Gotcha. And who tells them to come? Is it because the athlete says, like, oh, I want to go see Dr. Levy? Or is it because they go to the athletic trainer and the athletic trainer is like, no, you should go see Dr. Levy or they go to the team doc and the, you know, they refer to you, you know, is it a specific type of injury? You know, like what, what, how do they get to you? That's really good question. 
And the answer is many ways. There are some um, athletes, a lot of these professional athletes have been to chiropractors throughout their collegiate career, maybe even in high school as well. So they're very familiar and, and comfortable with chiropractic. If you asked any of our team docs, you know, before a game, who's the busiest guy? Me, you know, the, the chiropractor. I mean, God, the trainers are, are taping legs and things, but let me tell you, we, my, uh, I'm, I'm working hard before games, getting these guys ready. And some guys will come to me just because, again, they've, you know, they've had great experiences with chiropractic over the years, and they just will come directly to me. Other guys may be, you know, speaking with the trainers, and then the head trainer or the assistant trainers will direct them to me to, you know, add some value and some additional uh, approaches to. Uh, you know, working on them during, you know, before a game or even just, you know, in the mornings, uh, you know, when, when I'm at the uh, training center. Okay. And we'll get into some of those specifics a little later on in the conversation of like sure. what a game day looks like for you. Mm -hmm. um, but in the next little section here, we're going to talk about, you know, three topics that are pretty common on the podcast, but I want to hear your perspective as a chiropractor uh, on there. So uh, we're going to talk about prevention, recovery, and performance. So as far as prevention goes, I noticed when I was doing my research on you, you had a, a quote that says, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So what, why is that quote meaningful for you? And, you know, what, what does that really mean? I don't know if I could trademark that quote, but <laughs> um, the... Uh, it was on your website, right? <laughs> yeah, it must be mine. <laughs> I made it up. Um, you know what? I mean, really, if you think about it, it's a heck of a lot easier to stay healthy than to recovery, cover from an injury. I mean, you know, whether it's, gosh, you know, any, any, I'm trying to think, any, anything that happens to our bodies, you know, look, losing weight, you know, it's a heck of a lot easier to, to be lean and stay lean than, you know, get out of shape and then get back to being in better shape and losing weight, right? So I think that whether it's, you know, in that, that thought process or just with our bodies in general, especially for athletes, you know, keeping yourself in good condition, keeping yourself flexible, keeping yourself strong and stable. I think it's easier, you know, and in a preventative thought process to, to, to do that than wait until you're injured because, you know, what happens to people who don't do the preventative type things, eventually their bodies are going to make them stop and slow down. They're going to have, they're going to suffer an injury because the body's saying, Whoa, time out, slow down. We need some rest. And, you know, next thing you know, the body's making them take time. Yeah, I mean, I've been there before. We but, all have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the era of, like, grind it out and just, like, suck it up until you're done sure. type of thing. And obviously a lot of injuries come along with that. You know, with the athletes that you're working with today, what do you see their mentality as? Is it kind of that ground and pound type, you know, type of mentality? Or are the younger athletes that are coming in, do they embrace a different approach and are a little more – proactive with the prevention yeah you know it's interesting and i think that podcasts like this kev are, are, are great because i still have a lot of young athletes again middle school high school who all they do is train 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 play 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 and they don't take the time to do the things that are preventative they don't take the time to stretch as much as they should they don't take the time to do the core exercise and stabilization they should. They don't take the time, whether it's a tennis player, maybe to spend time really, uh, you know, stabilizing their shoulder and their hips. Um, and the same goes for just about any sport. And I try to convey to them and the parent, hey, listen, you know, on the professional level, they're not, A, training as much as you are, 
in many cases because these kids are just, you know, seven days a week, right? And they're taking time. I said, you guys don't see behind the scenes, but after practice, you know, there, there's an ice pack on, you know, so-and-so's shoulder who might be an overhead athlete, you know. There's an ice pack on their hip, on their knee, on their ankle, you know, and, and a lot of time, guys are jumping in the cold tubs, you know, and, and all those types of things that, that, you know, younger athletes don't appreciate or don't see or don't know. So I think that, I think, you know, the, the word is getting out there, but again, from people like yourself and, and, of course, what we're talking about in our office and other, you know, doctors and therapists, um, so hopefully more and more, uh, you know, younger a- amateur athletes will take care of themselves, but I still think there's a, there's a big gap. So I was thinking that, you know, you have two kids of your own and you're talking about how there's a lot of middle school athletes that come to see you with all these repetitive injuries, but they're not, they're basically their lifestyle aren't matching their goals or their parents' goals, right. uh, you know, depending on how you look at it. So how do you educate the parents on kind of letting them know that these are the things that these kids need to be doing? Cause the kids aren't the ones who are signing up for their batting lessons or, you know, bringing themselves to their lesson or, or whatever. Um, so how are you educating the parents to make sure that they know that these things are important? Yeah. You know, it is tricky with, with that age group because yeah, you know, those you know middle school children are not super motivated to do the exercises, the stretching, the things that are, you know, really uh, uh, helpful in, you know, helping them get better. And um, so we, 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 we go through it at the office with them, showing them the different exercises. We talk to the parents. We do our best to really, you know, kind of encourage them. And, we, and, and I think a key is not overwhelming the student athlete of that age with too many things to do. Because I, I found that with good intention, if you give them, I don't know, three, four, five things to do, sometimes they do zero give them one or two things to do, get them become successful at those, and maybe after after a little bit of time, build on that. You know, we also have the parents, uh, we'll we'll show the parents as well. Um, Sometimes we'll we'll have the parents do it with the athlete. But again, it it, it is tricky. It is difficult. Um, uh, I wish uh, there was a secret website or something that the kids could, you know, like could hook in with their Fortnite that had them doing the exercises (laughs) because then they'd be great. So we get postural questions like that all the time, and it, it's difficult, you know, uh, you know, to get the kids to do what's necessary. But we do our best to support them. See, and now you're thinking with the Fortnite. I know, thing. right? I, yeah, that's outside the you box know. thinking, right oh, there. Yeah, million dollar um, idea. So, what does injury prevention look like uh, at your uh, practice? Like you mentioned stretching right. um, and core stabilization, but is there anything else? Like, do you do any manual work? Uh, in terms of injury prevention? Uh, personally with our patients, you're asking? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, with our patients, listen, just because someone doesn't have pain doesn't mean that they are, you know, in in great physical condition and, and forget about, you know, their heart and things like that, but just in terms of their muscles and their, their symmetry of their body. So when we're evaluating an athlete or any patient for that matter, yeah, we're looking for limitations. A lot of People may have uh, imbalances, asymmetry in their hips. And as a consequence to that, that could cause a knee issue. That could cause an ankle issue, a foot issue. That could cause a lower back or even a shoulder issue. So, yeah, we're we're looking for symmetry and balance uh, from the joints, from the muscles, from the strength. And, you know, we are very hands-on in our office. Really, there's there's not fluff. We we get our hands on patients and we're, we're working to... Look for, you know, to create better balance and better symmetry of the body. 
doing soft tissue work like active release techniques like we spoke about, um, teaching, again, it could be from the core, it could be stabilization, we could teach hip exercises, teach shoulder stabilization exercises. We're big on foam rolling, so we talk a lot about foam rolling. We have videos on our website on foam rolling, so and a bunch of videos on the website. So I guess that's also a way that we'll um, talk to the patient and their their parents sometimes uh, when we talk about the younger kids. And, you know, we have those videos and sometimes we'll even video the child at the office performing the exercise. So they kind of have their own little custom exercise so they don't forget. Right. Um, The other question I had is because you're talking about symmetry, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do a lot of the pro athletes have symmetry? Oh, I guess... Do pro athletes have more symmetry than amateur athletes in your finding? I'm just thinking, like, what makes a pro athlete a pro athlete? And, like, maybe, you know, symmetrical movements and movement patterns is an indicator, you know, for being a professional athlete. Right. Again, now, so we're talking about, like, an overhead athlete. Like, clearly a pitcher is going to, you know, their their pitching arm is going to have a heck of a lot more external rotation than, you know, their, their opposite arm. And so, you know, you know, just due to the nature of, of, of uh, pitching, right. And, and the repetitive nature of that. So, you know, there are some sports where there is just going to be some asymmetry and, you know, you could try to improve balance from side to side, but there is, you know, just the, the nature of the sport. Um, boy, it's, it's interesting. You'd be surprised. I think what, what's amazing about the pro athlete is they're great compensators. You'd be shocked. Like, you know, the FMS functional movement screening, um, all the athletes and all the teams go through them. I know certainly with the Jets, they put all the athletes through. And as we know, if you're below 14 in number, it indicates a you know a good possibility you're, you could suffer an injury. And a lot of guys are not as good as you'd think. And and even like when you know you got these big muscular guys, and sometimes they're they're you know t- testing their manual muscle strength, their hip flexor, or their psoas might be really weak, or. Or even their shoulder, you know, different a different muscle, and you're like, how the heck is this guy performing? And I think they're just fantastic compensators, you know. And listen, you know, they're human beings too. Some guys are into their health and into working out, into their nutrition, and other guys aren't. Right. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we move on from prevention, do you have like uh, some key elements of what injury prevention looks like, or some some key things that you know the listeners should uh, kind of keep in mind uh, with uh, when it comes to prevention? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that is very often overlooked is is getting proper sleep. You know, so many of us do not get the sleep that we, we need. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, most of us are. But, uh, you know, in order to recover, in order for our bodies to, you know, get that, you know, good recovery, you need a good night's sleep. And I think uh, it's becoming more prevalent that the professional teams are bringing in sleep specialists and try and having them uh, do screenings and, and talk with the athletes and trying to improve, you know, what's going on at home and on the road so they do have better sleep. You know, it's hard. Some sports, like with hockey, I mean, those guys are on the road constantly, and certainly with basketball as well. So they're, you know, but they have, you know, they all meet with different sleep specialists and try to work on that. So I think sleep is really important, very, mo- very often overlooked by a lot of people. Um, I think, you know, rest as well. I think that as we were talking about with the called like a high school athlete or an amateur athlete, very often I think they train, they overtrain, you know, uh, and they don't give their body enough rest. And, and, you know, what happens is that you get a little nick, a little injury, 
And without proper rest, that little nick, that little injury becomes a bigger injury in the future. And again, as I, we talked about earlier, if you don't take the time now, your body eventually is going to make you take the time later. And that's you want to avoid that point. Yeah, I've been the victim of that too many times. We all have. <laughs> but I think back to when we had like we were lucky that in high school we had like an actual strength coach mm-hmm. that was at our school. So we got strong like crazy in, in high school compared to a lot of other schools who didn't have that resource. And when I think back, I'm like, we literally only lifted like three days a week. And we were like so freaking strong. It was ridiculous. And then once I got away from high school, I started lifting like five, six days a week. My, I didn't see the same results. And I think a lot of it was because I was just like doing too much. And eventually my body told me like, hey, dude, you're doing too much. And then it forced me to stop. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's move on to. Uh, recovery, and we, I think the the sleep point was a good uh, segue into this one. Sure. Um, and I know, in, in based on my research, uh, the chiropractic field is you know they try to avoid drugs and surgeries, and that's you know a great value that you guys add. Um, so you know what injuries are maybe outside the of the scope of um, recovery for a, a chiropractor. So what are some things that we don't work with? Is that what you're asking? Um, I guess we kind of talked about that a little bit before, like surgically. You, mm-hmm. you said that in your own practice you don't really see see those uh, athletes. But um, I don't know, like how, what does recovery look like either from an injury or, you know, you know, post-game from, sure. from someone? Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I think also you know having for for a serious athlete, I think having a nutritionist to to work with or to consult with is is really important uh, because you could talk to a nutritionist about you know what what's a good recovery you know what should you be doing post recovery for as far as nutrition you know uh, a lot of people don't do that and I think as a consequence their body is not given the fuel that it needs to help to recover from a a training session from a game. So I think what's really neat, you know, um, and I see with the professional levels that, you know, there are, there's team nutritionists who are helping to, you know, uh, hydrate guys, make sure that they're getting proper fuel in, you know, making sure they're getting proper shakes, proper food in, you know, pregame, postgame, and then, then during the week. So I think that, you know, rest, I think uh, nutrition are huge. <clears throat> we didn't speak about it, but hydration. Again, hydration, I think that most people – especially most athletes and the younger ones definitely don't drink as much water as they should. Um, and, you know, I think that's a big thing to help to a flush out, you know, their body. I think also just to keep themselves healthy and keep their muscles healthy. I think that's, it's huge. Um, I think, um, you know, as far as uh, flexibility, you know, it's interesting. Like if you just talk about your, your average Joe golfer, you know, what, you know, let's say they're going to play golf called four or five hours, you know, they'll show up, you know, 10 minutes before they're teeing off, you know, might do a little stretch here, a little stretch there and, you know, grip and rip for the <laughs> the next four to five hours. And then afterwards, maybe go uh, sit with their friends uh, at the bar, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know, they, they wonder why they end up hurting their backs, their, their hips, their, their, you know, their, their knees, you know, and all those type of injuries that occur. And, you know, it could be prevented if they were a little more proactive a lot of times. Yeah. Sounds like it. Um, in your, experience what are the most difficult injuries to recover from yeah well like maybe like could lead to career ending i'm not talking like snap your leg in half i'm talking (laughs) about like the debilitating like less not like trauma induced but Mm -hmm. there's like maybe stress over time 
Yeah, I mean, again, the traumas, that's a whole different conversation for probably a different doctor than, than myself. But I, I think that, um, you know, there are some, you know, some of the real chronic tendon issues can be really troublesome at times. I find that real high hamstring strains, like right up at the uh, the tushbone, you know, the, the hamstrings start at your uh, ischial tuberosity, which is part of your ilium. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an area that's really difficult to uh, treat and can take time to, to get better. So I think that is an area that's tricky. I think there are times that, um, you know, shoulder issues and elbow issues, people, you know, if they don't spend the time to rehab it properly, it could really go down the wrong path. In addition to even, uh, you know, some uh, plantar fasciitis, things like that, you know, where you need to really take the time to, to you know, get the proper treatment and the proper rest. And I, I find that sometimes people just don't do that. And as a consequence, you know, I kind of tell them it's like having a cut on your finger knuckle. If you don't let that scar heal and you keep bending your knuckle, it's going to keep opening up and opening up and opening up. And eventually it just becomes super, super nagging. And you know, I don't know if it's, a, it's not necessarily a career ender, but it's just that nagging nagging pain that really, you know, I find periodically happens with, with people. Yeah. And that, I mean, that ultimately will affect performance. And oh, sure. Yeah. Then you might not have a job because your performance is just, yes, yeah, not necessarily injury, but, right. um, all right. So speaking of performance, uh, what are some common, uh, performance leaks? So I, I say leaks and what I mean by that is like, you know, is there some sort of deficiency or asymmetry in the body that is preventing the athlete from reaching their optimal performance? Um, and how, how does a chiropractor kind of approach those? And it, maybe if you have any stories uh, about a, a fix that you, you, you helped. Yeah. And, you know, actually what's interesting about our office also is we have uh, two podiatrists. My wife happens to be a podiatrist in the office. And so we, we start from the ground up. And, and again, if there is... Uh, a leak could be that the body's not, you know, the foot, the body's not absorbing force properly. So, you know, it, let's say that someone's foot is overpronating or, you know, flattening, you know, that can cause an issue where now your tibia, your your lower leg bone is internally rotating, which is now causing stress into your knee, which is then can go up into the femur, into the hip. So, you know, think of as a leak where, you know, uh, you know, this, this improper biomechanic of the foot is now causing all sorts of issues up the kinetic chain. And again, it could go past the hip up, you know, all the way up the, the body. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, in, in evaluating and looking, you know, at every piece, uh, you know, of the kinetic chain, you know, hopefully you will uh, avoid having the leaks for the athletes. But again, it's very common that, you know, there are, there are leaks such as that. Okay. Uh, do you have any, you know, stories of uh, a fix that, kind of you remember like the athlete like was at this level and then after addressing some of these you know issues you know they were able to i don't know yeah no i mean th there's um i mean there are countless times that with with runners or triathletes where they might be coming in with a hip issue and you know not really thinking about their their feet not thinking about proper footwear not thinking about they might need an orthotic or even again just the right sneaker you know, we, we have a nice relationship with some of the local uh, sneaker stores where they're really great about evaluating and trying to put uh, the athlete in the right 
sneaker, you know, because a lot of times if you just go to Dick's and something looks cool, it, it, it might be, uh, might look cool, but it might be affecting your performance and causing uh, you to have these leaks or and 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 thus injuries uh, along the way. Yeah. So I so I mean there are so many people that sometimes it's a, a simple fix like that where you just change their footwear or put something into their sneaker and and uh, they just do so much better. Um, other times, just uh, yeah, if there's if there's a, a problem or immobility of their their they call it their hip and yeah you know it's, you know and you get that hip moving better they're just you know, feeling better, performing better. I mean, every day there, there are just cool stories that are happening in the office, you know, and it's just so much fun to help people to not only feel better, but, you know, in terms of athletics to perform at their best. Yeah. Um, can you take us through, you know, how you treat athletes different by each sport? So you got, you got soccer, um, you've got ice hockey and you've got football, American sure. football. Uh, how do you approach, you know, each athlete different? As a chiropractor, right? Well, you know, I mean, we're still gonna the evaluation and everything is really, you know, very much the same. It's you know, you just typically with, you know, soccer players, you're gonna see less shoulders, upper extremity type issues, less neck issues. You'll find certainly more lower extremity issues, hip issues, knee issues, lower back issues um, than you know than than shoulders and and, and necks and upper backs. Um, in hockey, you know, you see it all, of course, because of the physicality of hockey. Although there certainly are a lot of, you know, lower backs, hips, and groins uh, with hockey, and and a lot of groin with with soccer as well. Football, you see it all, um, you know, because I mean, obviously, there's a a lot of contact in football. So from you know neck to shoulder to low back to knee, hip, ankle, you, you, and foot too. You see it all with football. Um, they're just different, I think that. Um, with the, certainly soccer, a lot of times it's more repetitive. I mean, certainly we do see if a guy lands poorly or does have a collision, but a lot of it is repetitive versus, you know, the, the football, which there certainly could be repetitive as well, but there's definitely much more of the, you know, uh, big collision type, uh, sport, of course. And, and we see more of those injuries and, um, yeah. And again, hockey is a little combination of both. All right. Um, so can you take us through, you know, how you work with these athletes, you know, throughout the season? So uh, with training camp uh, and then into the season, off season, you know, what is your role with, with each of these sports? Yeah, so, you know, my, my role with the different teams, I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. I think that every team, you know, in whether the, the NHL, NFL, Major League Soccer, the, the sports chiropractor probably is similar, but, you know, kind of might have a, uh, you know, a little different uh, number of days that they go or uh, like in the NFL, I, I travel with the Jets. Uh, most chiropractors do travel with their teams, but some teams don't have their chiropractor travel. But so for me, let's think. So from uh, the Jets standpoint, uh, we get going in April with the uh, voluntary lifts and things of that nature. And I'll be in the training room for a couple hours, a, a couple days a week, basically from April through uh, the end of June. And you're and busy. Yeah, and I'm in the training room. Yeah, and guys are coming before lifts, after lifts, in between meetings, and, and I'm there. And you know, sometimes they'll just come directly to me. Sometimes the trainers will direct them to to me. And again, it's just it's great working as a team with the team trainers and and medical doctors and physical therapists. Um, so then the Jets uh, will have a little break, uh, basically the end of June until the end of July, and then we come back for training camp. And training camp is really probably the busiest time for all of us uh, on the medical staff because we have uh, 
90 players trying out for 53, you know, uh, active spots on the roster. In addition to then there's some guys that will go on the uh, practice squad. So you got 90 guys. Yeah, that's a, so that's a lot of bodies coming through. And, you know, we're there. I'm there almost every day during training camp, which lasts just about a month. And of the course, whole day? Not all day, no, for a couple hours okay. every day. And uh, and the Jets bring in again. They they have all sorts of great specials that they bring in, in as well. The, you know they do everything and anything they can do to to help these athletes. You know stay on the field or if they're injured get back on the field. And then after you know training camp, we have of course there's preseason games during training camp, and then we get rolling with the regular season. And my role with the team is I do go twice a week, and then I go to all the home games uh, and all of the away games. And so I'm working the night before the game uh, and uh, the morning of the game and during the game on the sideline if necessary and during halftime and sometimes after the game. So it's it's pretty busy. Yeah, yeah working for a sports team is a, a grind for sure. And what are these guys coming to you with all the time? Like, are, are you stretching them out? Are you, like, do they want to – is it a part of their, like, pregame routine to, like, all right, I'm going to go see Dr. Dr. Levy. He's going to, like – you know, oh, sure. Yeah, these guys, you know, what, the, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that even before they come on the field for a pregame, you know, stretch, there is a lot going on in the locker room and in the training room. These guys, yeah, they have the routine where, the, you know, they will come to me at a certain particular time in the morning. Uh, they're using foam rollers. They're using uh, the stretch bands. They're using the um, Theraguns. They have the trainer stretching them. Um, so, yeah, I think that most guys have a routine they like to follow, and uh, they're in the, the hot tubs and things of that nature. So they have a strict routine. Every guy's a little different. And, um, again, there's a lot behind the scenes before they even hit the field. All right. And what is does the mentality differ between the athletes for each sport that you cover um, in terms of, like, I don't know, their willingness to, like, just, you know, share that they're not feeling right or whatever. You know, are they – I'm getting to this, like, toughness idea. You know, like, are are guys more willing to come to you in uh, in football or hockey or soccer? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. You know, so let's just – for football, you know, uh, talking about football, what you'll find are that, you know, many years ago one of the linebackers for the Jets joked that – you know, the linebackers and the offensive and defensive line, they're they're kind of just they're they're just like the trucks, you know, they just work hard and you know, they don't you know, they just want to get tuned up, but he said, Man, those wide receivers, you know, there are a couple of wide receivers and some running backs, but but I find the wide receivers who they want every little thing to be feeling just right. And uh, they want the tire shine. They they want the tire shine, one hundred percent. So you know, so there in the past there have been some wide receivers who you know, if you're another player, you don't want to get behind them because it's going to be a little while before they're you know you're it's the next player's turn. So uh, you know, I think you know, I, I have noticed that you know, position by position, there are some different uh, attitudes uh, towards you know uh, getting ready. Uh, as far as in soccer and in hockey, uh, I think very, you know, very similar. I think the guys, you know, I don't, no one wants to be hurt, right? And no one wants to be, uh, you know, thought of as, um, you know, not giving their all. So I think that, you know, for the most part, these guys are, you know, just want to utilize the resources to, you know, keep themselves on the field. Yeah, stay that way. We say health is wealth, right? Stay on the field, stay healthy. You know, that's good for them and for their future contracts. No, very true. So in, in your opinion, what leads to uh, an athlete being resilient throughout their career? 
Well, again, I think that, you know, doing all the things we spoke about, I think certainly being proactive, getting your rest, good nutrition, good diet, you know, spending the time on your body with your flexibility, with your mobility, with taking care of your muscles, you know, keeping your strength, keeping your flexibility. I think those are huge factors. But then I think there is a bit of luck. I mean, listen, you know, there are, look, the Washington Redskins had two quarterbacks break their legs this year, right? And, you know, and, you know, other teams, Tom Brady's barely touched in, you know, uh, many, many, you know, through many seasons, you know. So I do think there is a bit of luck involved. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, taking care of your body is, is, is really important and doing everything you can to stay in great shape and, and be healthy perform at your best is huge yeah that's the tough thing about injury prevention is like there's no data behind injuries that don't happen right you know like true you can't quantify it um but like you said there's steps that you can take to be proactive and like you're not gonna hurt yourself by doing xyz but you potentially could if you don't correct um all right so as we wrap up here you know where can people connect with you uh online Sure. So our office uh, website is aprcnj.com. And on there, we have a bunch of videos uh, that we you know, kind of talked about earlier, foam rolling videos and uh, shoulder stability and quarter exercises, things of that, na- of that nature. Uh, the office phone number, 973-467-9011. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, drjasonlevy at gmail.com. And our Instagram is aprcnj. Awesome. I'll link all that up in in the show notes for the listeners. And uh, Dr. Levy, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing your knowledge, giving us a little behind-the-scenes look as to uh, what goes on in the life of a chiropractor and professional sports. And I also appreciate you just for being an awesome person (laughs) and brightening my day every time I see you. Well, Kev, I I sincerely sincerely appreciate having the opportunity. This is fun. And I know we talked about it a long time ago and I'm, I'm so glad that we got to chat here today same same here thanks